Welcome to Relationship. I'm Stacy, And there's no voice next to me saying I'm Oha. Um, this is a little bit different because Oha has moved to Chicago. And before you turn it off, please don't turn it off and don't think she won't be here. She will be back. She just has to get all of the stuff, the equipment and stuff like that. So it'll definitely be different. I'm open to suggestions if people want to send me things ideas of what to do. I've asked other people to maybe help co-host. Today I'm doing it alone. Really going to try to get my Diane Sawyer, Barbara Walters on and do something. Uh, Sometimes when I listen to podcasts, and this is going to be weird because I'm really just kind of talking to myself here. Um, Sometimes when you listen to podcasts and it's like a solo person, they just talk alone. But since we usually talk about like our sex lives or, you know, how things are going, I think that might be a little strange to do, so I'm gonna resist from that to not tell you what is happening with my well, any of my life because I don't have Oha here to um, counteract the dumb stuff that I do. Um, but all is not lost, I'm not alone totally today. Um, I do have guests, so it won't just be an hour of me talking. Um, today we have the creators of the documentary EVA 23. Um, they're two employees of space center films, but they did this themselves. I think the film premieres July 14th at space center Houston, which is pretty tight. We've all been there. Phil Sexton and Austin Havikin. You can say hi. Hey, what up? What up? Um, was that intro really painful to listen to? No, I was kind of hoping that you would. Do like a, a monologue, just a monologue of what I'm going through, which is. <clears throat> I mean, it'd be like Oha's not here, so it would just be like masturbation. Because <laughs> it's like alone. Yeah, just you. Um, yeah, it's just like when you're talking to yourself. I bet I could really work things out of what I'm going through, but it's not that I have anything really negative that I'm going through. It's just I'm doing things differently than I've done before. So my, you know, Oha would be helpful to bounce those off of, but she would be very supportive. I would say I'm like, I got back on online dating and then I would bitch about that. And I would say that I got off because all the guys are boring and blah, 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 blah. blah. And then she would just support me in that. She would be like, well, you're intellectual and you're funny and you're great and nobody can, rise up to your standards. She would say that probably. And then we talk about fucking people and the weird things I'm trying, you know, like all of that stuff. And then she would just say how exciting it is. She's just, a, she's a cheerleader for my journey. Well, I feel like you just did that. Um, I just said what she said. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I've really robbed people of the descriptions of all of the dicks that I've seen lately. Um, but I'm thinking of doing a, art installation where I just draw them from my memory after it. Yeah. Which they're going to look crazy <laughs> if I do that. So did you do that? I did do those boobs. Yeah, I have a... They don't, on the wall. They yeah. can't see what it is, but I drew boobs. I actually want to do... Well, I think people are doing that now, though. 
That is really, really old. I've been doing that since junior high. Draw tits? <laughs> Draw tits, yeah, hell yeah. But I just like the idea of all the different tits, but I have seen it lately. Yeah. I sent Austin a, a, a what's it called, a shower curtain? Yeah, a shower curtain. A shower curtain link, and it was just all tits. Oh, nice. But I like to have like all tits. Those represent three very important women in my life. Oh, okay. So I drew their tits. Mm. Um, nice. And they like that. One of those is mine. Oh, yeah? And it's the worst one. But they're all my, you know, like people I care about in the best ways. Maybe I'll draw Oha's tits. I am, I should have said this in the beginning, but I am desperately grieving the loss of my best friend. Yeah, you told me it felt like a breakup. It did feel like a breakup. Um, you met Oha yeah. once, Phil. She's an angel. I'm sad she's dead now. Um, she. <laughs> Moved in the night before she moved. She was over here for as long as possible. I might get emotional right now. She was over here for as long as possible, and we were hugging. It was like twelve thirty. She was leaving at four in the morning, right? And um, we were hugging goodbye, and I was crying so hard. And I said, "Why are you doing this? Like, don't do this." And she's crying on me. And then I was like, "Hey, I'm really sorry if I was ever not nice enough to you, because I can be pretty kind of bitey." snappy and then she said i'm sorry if i ever lied because she just lies for no reason oh yeah <laughs> and i was just crying so hard and i was like i knew every time you lied and it's true i just always can tell when she's lying and then we started laughing so hard but we couldn't stop crying and then we slapped each other's tits and then she left <laughs> one final time nice. what was the reason for her moving well comedy she's gonna oh okay yeah. she's gonna chase her dreams Ew. which is so stupid Hi, you're thirty something years old. Like, time to settle down. I'm yeah, just yeah. kidding. I don't believe that. We're, we're we're about to have a civil war. Like, forget your dreams. Like, you start <laughs> like weaponizing. Like, start getting guns. Like, this shit's coming. So yeah, you want to do comedy? Like, yeah. people are dying in the streets. You know, right? Or they will be. Children are being ripped from their families, and you want to give people the ha-has? No. Oh man. Um. Okay. Wait. What do y'all want to talk about? You want to talk about your dreams? Like, is this your dream? Is this film your dream realized? It's, it's, it's in the process. It's a, yeah. I think the, you know, dreams really have different levels to them, right? So it's like, yeah, you know, a few years ago, I dreamed of being a filmmaker, become a filmmaker. Now I want to be a badass fucking filmmaker. So that's what I'm working on. More challenging stuff, more demanding things and, 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 doing things even on my own to kind of help out with a, a general thing and, and kind of spread the, the the experience and stuff like that with others. What did you do before this? Before I was, uh, I was more into the music beforehand. Uh, I was uh, producing a lot of, you know, uh, hip hop records, R&B records. And, uh, you know, not on a major level. I did have one semi-major deal. I was doing a lot of beat production for a, an old school rapper named Cool G Rap out in New York uh, when I was in college. And then when I graduated, I went out to L.A., uh, worked at DreamWorks Records. Oh, wow. Uh, DreamWorks Films first, but I wanted to be in the record department. So I was like was like Spielberg. And I was like, I didn't want that. I wanted to make beats and do stuff with Interscope and 50 Cent and all mm -hmm. that stuff. And then kind of got my hands a little dirty with that for a couple years. But then uh, when I moved back to Houston, after like the whole merging of the different labels and stuff in 03, Came back in 04, and then, like, for four years, I was working at a bank, you know, and uh, doing a lot of, like, 
remittance processing, stuff like that, downtown mm-hmm. bank, being at, being at work, doing deadlines by 4.30 in the morning, six days a week. It Working at a bank and doing the stuff on the side? Yeah, still doing that stuff on the side. This is going to make a great biopic movie one day. It was crazy. It was crazy. There was, And it was weird because I was like watching MTV and they were playing some of my music that I would, that I sold to Interscope as background music for some of those programs, but I was still going to like work and having to flip envelopes and stuff. And then <laughs> I paid for my own way into Art Institute and because I was like, all right, well, maybe the music thing is not for me. It's a good creative avenue, but it's not making me money and I need to find something else to do. And I just remember, well, hell, I mean, my major in college was communications. I had fun making film. And it was more than music because you can apply your music and you can apply that kind of stuff uh, that I did making music to film. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I just started going down that route. And uh, that's, where, that's where it was. I was determined to, to get out of that bank lifestyle. That wasn't me. When you worked at like Interscope and stuff, where did you live? Uh, DreamWorks, I mean. Yeah, I lived in uh, Mid-City, L.A., right there oh, okay. off of Pico and La Brea. <clears throat> Little wow, shout out La Brea. Of, yeah. A little, a little, it, it wasn't really shitty, but it was. It was like a little studio apartment, fucking big ass roaches and shit. Ugh. Paying like four hundred dollars a month at that time, but shit, I was only making like sixteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars a year in Jeez. L.A. Sixteen thousand dollars a year in L.A. Do you have any? Because you're like from the music industry and stuff. Do you have any big opinion about this Lee Daniels Dame Dash thing? Um. That's how I imagine. No, not really. I mean, the, the, the thing is, is that um, the industry is crooked, no yeah. matter what. It's like, time you say you want to get into this business, whether it's filmmaking or music, t- the, third, the third party of people that you get in touch with, 90% of them are going to be crooked. Oof. And the thing is, is that because they know that the majority of people who are not creative that's in that business, they prey on the creative. Starving artists. Yeah. They can take what that starving artist is doing that's innovative and stuff, and they're like, oh, I can make money off of this. But, you know, they give them, hey, I can pay you a few grand for this, but they're making millions. But Lee Daniels and Dame Dash aren't starving artists. Well, no, but also at the same time, uh, also at the same time, money is still money. And, and, and giving people a loan to, mm-hmm. to start up a business or to have that kind of backing, to have that valuable relationship with somebody. And then to take it for granted, you know, it happens all the time. I agree. So one one thing that I think is uh, pretty interesting about um, this project that we did mm-hmm. is most of our work that Phil and I do at work is paid. Like a customer comes, and like I want, uh, I want my. Um, I want a video about this thruster that I make or this parachute system, and. So we have to go through all the science. We, we do exactly what they want, and it's for them to sell and make money. So like we're basically making commercials for mm-hmm. people. On the side, Phil and I would do rap videos, comedy videos, like just competitions, just whatever, whatever we wanted that we could like mess around with and explore and like get creative with. Um, that our job didn't have time for. Like, we didn't have time to, like, try these different shots or try these different ideas. Or what if we put a camera, two cameras? What if we, you know... So doing all this stuff on the side let us 
figure out like, hey, we work really well together when it's a project that we really want to do. And so when we came up with the idea for EVA 23, like when, when I talk about this, I, I call it our baby. Right. Because it, it's me and him that came up with the idea, did everything. Like we, we, we did pretty much all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that now that it's coming out and that it is what it is and it wasn't uh, commoditized. Like it, we weren't hired to make it. We wanted to make it. We feel like it's the best thing we've ever done. How do, okay, so since we were just talking about money and this project, so it's not the paid stuff that people hire you guys for. It's just a passion project. Well, how, who pays for that? Well, um, we were actually lucky enough, uh, Alex Diaz, he was the producer for it, and, and he found a way to get basically sort of like a, an investment type deal with uh, a, one of our clients. And then, um, and then, basically, um, halfway through, then uh, Mark Havokin, the owner, mm-hmm. Space City Films, he invested uh, a certain amount of money in it as well because it was done under our roof, and and we had we had uh, this here was an opportunity to create some intellectual property uh, for our company instead of just being a shop where companies come to and say, hey, here's money, we need a video, so. Um, this this here was the first part where it's like a certain percent of it was you guys are awesome here's some money f- freedom to, to to do whatever you want to do make it your baby and then the just other tell, half just was tell the story yeah however you need to and then the other half you know um was more like you have to invest in yourself and then that's where the owner of the company put his money in mm-hmm. because you have to invest in yourself on the first go around. It was good that we had some jump off stuff from an investor, but also at the same time, you have to believe in yourself enough to put your own money into it and have your, that own set your own sacrifice like that. Did he understand kind of the vision from the beginning? Did, did anybody no. else care? Was it just no. y'all two? They um, cared, they cared, but we, it was a different, it started yeah. out as a different project. Right. And we started yeah. out as like, we had all these ideas, like these just, very uh, traditional documentary ideas, mm-hmm. but we, you know, tried to like, we're like, oh, what if we do something with graphics with like a timeline and we do that? And then the more and more that we worked on it, we felt like that's not going to tell the story the way we want to. Right. And so it kind of adapted as we were working on it. And as we got uh, like access to the astronauts. So like when we, when we got to go hang out with, Chris Cassidy in the neutral buoyancy laboratory as he's like um, training and he took time out to like talk to us like that became like a really important part of the film same thing with uh, Luca when he um, he's such a babe Luca they're both babes yeah they're both like (laughs) handsome but Luca's a babe yeah Uh, we got we also got we got an additional opportunity to hang out with him and have the suit tech explain what went wrong in this uh, and during the EVA, and so like those those the access that we got just by uh, like pushing and asking changed the way that we present like that that we were able to tell the story. Well, can you tell like I mean obviously just synops how do you say it synopsize whatever just summarize what it is for people because okay so in 2013 an Italian astronaut Luca Parmitano was doing what's called an EVA, extravehicular activity. He was wearing his white spacesuit, 
outside of the space station doing some boring work on some cables. After a while, his helmet started to fill up with water. And in space, water sticks to whatever it touches. It's almost like a like hair gel. And so as it started to fill up more and more and they couldn't figure out where it was coming from, they decided for him to go ahead and return to the airlock and stop working. As he did that, uh, it got dark because the space station was on the opposite side of the Earth. He rotated his body in such a way that all the water covered his eyes, his nose, and filled up his ears. So he could only breathe through his mouth and he couldn't see. And then he got lost. And so the documentary is about why did that happen? How did he deal with it? And then like, what takeaways do we have from that experience? That's what it's about. I, I watched the, um, let me turn this down, sorry. I watched the thing last night. And um, my, you know, my takeaway is pretty negative about it. Whereas like, I don't think we should be there. Like, I don't think, I don't think he should have been there in the first place. It's like so scary. How do you hold on yeah. in space? Like you're just what the fuck, man? Yeah. You're like floating. I mean, it's, it's, that's it's, it's, that's very under, it's, it's very understandable that that thing. Thank it's like you. I mean, I believe I personally believe as much as I am fascinated with space, you know, to a certain degree. You know, no, you're not going to see my black ass in space. Defund NASA. Get no, rid of it. No, it's not about that. I think give you, it to Planned Parenthood. I think you you still need to have that because the the only way that we can progress as as people as humans is that you have to have some sort of uh next frontier challenge what's going on if we were smart enough to go out there if we were smart enough to put robotic you know robots in, on mars and 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 have things go outside of our solar system and 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 we have the technology and the brain and the capacity to see other worlds other than the ones that we were on there has to be some sort of uh, unexplainable uh, uh, reason for us to be doing that. Uh, and, and I'm not sure what it is, and I don't think anybody knows what it is, but I do feel like it is important in a sense. Now, maybe going to another world and colonizing something else, I'm not sure, but could there be we elements We love to colonize. There? Yeah, I mean, we're, Listen, we're, we're a virus. Every flag that somebody puts in whatever the fuck happens, it's like a, it's a dick. Yeah. They're like, I was here first. Yeah. yeah. That's why we're doing it. Yeah. You're like, I don't know why we want to explore, but we do. We got to take why. the moon's virginity. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. people have already been there, right? Allegedly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we probed it. Hey, w- would, you, would you go to space? <laughs> no. Fuck no. Listen, I'm not... <laughs> I don't think that we should be there. It's not a joke when I say this. NASA scares me. Space scares me and the ocean. Listen, and that's why they train in that fucking pool. Because water, you can't breathe in it. That's not your home. You shouldn't go there. Space, you can't breathe there. We have breathed in water before. Where? How? <gasps> You'll um, die. Well, when you're a baby in the womb, aren't you in? Then that's the last time. <laughs> that's the last fucking time. You cut that cord, you're out of there. You lose your little gills or whatever. You can't breathe. That's what I kept. Well, I, after I watched the documentary last night, which was great. I thought it was great. But I kept like gasping for breath, like just the just my imagination of like being awesome. in space, <gasps> being like, how can they do that? Um, I say stop. 
what are you learning? You know, like a lot. Yeah. I don't know. So, Just don't even don't ruin the surprise for me. I don't want to know what well, we've well, learned. Well, from the, space. well, the thing is, well, the thing is, I, I I appreciate and respect your outlook on that, and I like that reaction. I mean, for somebody to say, "Fuck that! I don't want to ever go into space." What is NASA even doing that in the first place? Well, that's a to me that's a good reaction as well because yeah. it sparks up conversation. Also, at the same time, being an artist is not about delivering what's ethical, what's right, or what's wrong. True. It's supposed to uh, bring forth uh, an, an emotion for you to have a conversation and talk about it. So I think that's I think that's healthy, and I think your your opinion is valued, just like everybody else's. For somebody would say that that was awesome, it was scary, or I hated it. It sucked. Hey, at least you watched it and you got that emotion. And then you can talk about it with other people and spread the word and stuff. It's not okay. everything has to be, oh, that was great and magnificent. It's like, no, that's not what art is about. And it's still art, even though it was a true story. But the way we tell the story and the, uh, and the message behind it, yeah, it could easily just be like, hey, you know, this guy did a spacewalk and he almost drowned. Okay. Also, it would be, I don't know, it would be kind of cool, but I don't want to do that. Just the grabbing. I'm just. I'm just remembering. If people watch the movie, you'll see like it shows this like film of him like grabbing the little um, poles along the station. Yeah. Right. Is that what they're called? And he's sure. tethered to the thing. Right. But then if he lets go, he's like floating. Yeah. But yeah. he's tethered. How's he floating? Well, the tethers are, are pretty. You know, the rope of the tether is pretty long. So if you're if you're flying at seventeen thousand miles an hour and you let go. It's like it's like almost like if you're on a what is it the jet skis. Also, it's important to know it's that like you're, 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 you're not you're flying aware. that fast. You're, you're falling. You're falling that's exactly. Fast. You're not flying. The you're the falling. The station is always falling. That's how it orbits. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like and astronauts that first go out, like sometimes <laughs> they there are a few astronauts that have had panic attacks when they first go out of the airlock and see the Earth below them and know that. They're fa- they they they, 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 say, they describe it as they, they feel like they can't stop falling. See, but it's even like I think it's <laughs> Me, even like dude. that inside station what? as well yeah. because you know when you see them when you see them flying through the the, the different nodes inside the space station, it's like that feeling is is still there. Mm-hmm. It's like imagine you just you just have to get used to falling all the time. That's that feeling. I watched. Um, it's not the same, but I watched this. Uh, Who's the scientist guy, Neil deGrasse? Tyson. Tyson. I watched one episode of his Cosmo show, yeah. and I was like, fuck this. I had no idea there was like <laughs> galaxies, and I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't like You it. know what the scariest part of it? Because I saw like a little bit of it, too. But The, the idea of space sharks? Was, no, the oh. rogue planet. The rogue that, that, planet? The, the rogue planet, when he was just like, yeah, you think all this is space, and, and he was like, it's totally black out here, but if you put this infrared light up, and he put this infrared light up, and he was like right close to a planet. It was a planet that was just, he called it a rogue planet because it didn't revolve around another star. So Is it this was a just Star floating. Wars movie? No, it's in the cosmos. It's actually in the first episode. And I was just like, holy shit. It's like space is scary as fuck. Space is scary. So is the ocean. Like, I know we're not here to talk about the ocean, but the ocean really scares it's me. It's another world. And when people are like, oh, I like to scuba dive, I'm like, how would you know. feel if a shark was walking around on land? You'd say no, that's the same thing you're doing to them. Stop it. Yeah. Do you okay, think then, aliens well, are then, real? Then where, where, do you, where would you draw the line? Like, we're not supposed to be in the Antarctica. At your knees. I'll go to my knees. That's no, I meant it. like uh, oh, okay. as, Sorry. as where humans, like, uh, quote unquote, belong. I don't know. Where we can breathe, Austin. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, like, you can't survive 
in the Texas heat without air conditioner or without fans. I mean, you can, but what about, or if you're in Canada and it's cold, like, what are you going to (laughs) do? Freeze to death? You're not supposed to be there. So you wear clothes, you build a fire, you build a shelter, you build a space that you can exist in. So that's exactly what we're doing for space. We have to, (sighs) we have to keep going. We're going to, we're fucking this planet up real bad. So we have to get off of it. And we're going to go to another planet and fuck it up. Yeah, fuck that one. Fuck it up. Yeah. That should be NASA's thing. Fuck it up. Yeah. Listen, I'm just scared about that. I want to die before that happens. Well. I don't want to go to another place. You know? I don't think I don't think. Does that make you a coward? (laughs) Yes, it makes me a coward. Jesus Christ. I'm almost crying thinking about just being in space right now. It very much scares me. But also I would would love to go to space. Wow. Like like it. I, if I could go back in time, I would, like go back to high school. I would join the Air Force. I'd get all that training. I'd let them pay for college for me, and then I would be a fucking astronaut. I would like be the f- like. <laughs> I would do everything I could to to be an astronaut. I can't I wait to meet it. an astronaut. I'm gonna go to your film premiere. Cool. Okay. Cool. Yeah. They're, they're hey, they're super interesting people. Yeah, I'm gonna talk to them. They they're do something that too. no one else. Does. Yeah, especially they're fucking these two. badasses. Luca Parmitano is Italian Special Forces, like. Single seat fighter jet pilot, mm-hmm. like shoots fucking people down with missiles and shit. Like this dude is like hardcore, steel-eyed, like no mm-hmm. shit badass. And, and this happened to him. And like he's when we talked to him about it, he's like, I'm glad it was me. So that no one else had to go through this. Um, I liked in the film about how Okay, so, and we talked about it. Austin and I watched it together, and we talked about it a little bit afterwards, but the, like, you could feel the, his human, just, like, his humanity there. Like, he was a human that was being covered with water gel. Right. Like, it would have suffocated him, but it was, like, thicker than water, which is somehow scarier, right? The idea yeah. of drowning is yeah. scary. Yeah. But this like gel, and when you watch it, you see it, so it's even more. People mm-hmm. listening maybe can't like totally understand it. Um, but holy shit! But then he was like, when they took it off, I don't know like how much you should say. But I mean, it's a documentary yeah, no, no, about no. something that's real. He but obviously survives. So he survives. No, no. So like when they they finally get him inside the whatever it's called the, the airlock. airlock. Sure. Um, they when he takes it off, he's just like. <gasps> Like he's so happy, and they're like they hold hands, and the other guy talk. Chris talks about it. Yeah, just so holding hands and like, are you fine? Are you fine? And like squeezing hands. It's very a sweet moment for these two men, two big men. Yeah, just relying on each other out there. And so that's like uh, also like a really common thing is that these astronauts like they spend time. T- like so much intimate time together, working and living together, that they form these super solid relationship bonds that like you can't even comprehend. Like they know each other so well that they like they've had to an- like analyze each other's physiology while on the station. Like they they're the only ones that are there. They're they're in a they're in an outpost. And they can talk to people, right? It's like they're cut off from the world, but it's just them up there. And so, like, even, like, the Russian cosmonauts or the European astronauts or, like, what, like what Luca is, like, mm-hmm. 
all these people come from different walks of life and they all have to be able to get along, work together, not, you know, go crazy, not get sick of each other. And from that, they form these insanely tight bonds. Is that what you got? Like, could you guys, cause so going up to space could take months, like weeks or months, right? So would you, could y'all two be like in a little room together for months? I think we could. I think so. Jesus. <clears throat> I think we could. Because, well, the thing is, is that um, we, have a lot of, we have a lot of things in common. And, and like I said, we're, we're creatives. And like, I mean, how many times when we were on the road, we have to share a yeah. room? You know, we have to or get to, you know? Both. Do y'all just like look at each other on the beds and just like boy talk all night? Yeah. Mm. Well, in, 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 <laughs> in your panties? So, yeah. What we do is like we go head to toe. He's laying down. He's then, lounging back. Um, yeah, and then like we we do each other's foot massages. <laughs> oh, okay, no. that's real sweet. No, we just we Phil's go, not we denying out, it. We uh, well, you, you know. know, we uh, that's explore, how we make the project. Explore nice. where we are, and and then also like I said, like we do all these side projects together, all these videos, and it's mm-hmm. it's a you know, it's creative and it's fun, but it's also work, and there's also stress, and so it's like how do like if I'm annoying him, or if he's like not doing what I want, or like what, or vice versa, or whatever, then we have to ma- manage our, our uh, interpersonal relationship, our friendship, and so I think that because it's, it's been like something like eight years, like I think we could, I think we could go to space. I know you won't want to, but nah, we can be in a small mm-hmm. space together and yeah. work some shit out. But yeah. are there black astronauts? Yeah. yeah, Charles Bolden. Wow, you guys can do everything. Um, <laughs> I is that the guy you were telling me about last night? Like Obama's, yeah, yeah, air it, person, the, the former administrator yeah. Char- Charles Bolden was a three-time astronaut. And is he going to be at the premiere? He should. Yeah, be. I think so. I think he's coming. Okay. I want to ask him what you do when you're horny in space. Mm-hmm. What do you do? That has to be. I think they jack off into the. Okay, so if water is like thick, what do you think jizz is? Tadpoles just swimming all around. Yeah, what if you could actually see the sperm? Like it, I don't know, man. That would be be so cool. That would be kind of crazy. That is something that you don't really. I think there was a company that tried to do like shoot porn and and microgravity. Really? Yeah. How do you do that though? Well, you. Get a zero G plan. Finally, my tits would be like so perky. Yeah, <laughs> just like oh, bye. God, I, hey, go, hey, I do want to go to space. They'd, all, they'd be out of this world. That's right, they would. <laughs> but the thing is, how can you get a good rhythm going when you don't have any? Yeah, gravity? you got to hold on to something. You got to have something to be grounded with. Well, you could hold on to those little pole things that they were they climb on. Yeah, yeah. there's things to hold on to. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of. But like, I bet holes. your body would like float it. I mean, that would be cool. Look, okay, maybe I like space. <laughs> now that you think about it, that sounds kind of cool. Um, <clears throat> are you? Are you? Um, I don't know how much you pay attention to it, but are you aware at all of like kind of where the space program is going right no. now? Or the, okay, so right now, uh, the big push is for the commercialization of space, and so NASA doesn't want to f- pay Russia to take our astronauts to the station. They want to have private American businesses do it. So like SpaceX, Boeing, yeah, yeah. all like Jeff Bezos, like all the stuff that they're doing is to 
be able to take us to station. NASA wants to explore deep space. So they want to like push off the low Earth orbit stuff to commercial, uh, like to private industry. Mm-hmm. And so they can focus on moon, Mars, beyond. To go deeper. Yeah. Deeper. I do think the in moon the is beautiful. Hey, I'd go in the blackness. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've been. Anyway. Um, okay, wait. So these guys are going to be there. We're going to talk about jerking off to them. I'm going to tell them you guys said I could do this. The makers of the film, they were talking about it with me. Um, do you think people will be offended when you ask like the, mon- the, the like silly thing? These are the smartest people in the world. These people that are running all of this stuff. Yeah. You're never not working. You're like punching the buttons and whatever the fuck. I've seen Star Trek. It's like, it's a lot of work. But when you ask things like, I want to know like, what do you guys talk about? Do you, what is it like? Like, do you ever get lonely? Do you, can you watch a movie? I don't know. What I mean, the fuck, I'm, I'm man? I'm sure. I mean, they're human. But you know what? Yes, I think about human. that. I think about that when I watch movies. Like when we watch stuff like, you know, like those those movies, like maybe not like Interstellar, but like stuff like where they're doing like these space war missions and stuff like that. Or like The Matrix, for example. The Matrix is a good example. That's when I started thinking about it. I was like, so when do they get off the clock and be like, hey, let's just have a beer and just like, we'll go to our own quarters and go mm-hmm. fuck or jack off or whatever and just be a human for a couple hours. It feels like they're always 24-7 on this mission. Mm-hmm. And, um, and But you're right. I mean, it feels like that because the technology and, and how powerful and how just out of the ordinary this type of engineering and shit is. But... Um, but the thing is, yeah, I mean, they're fucking human. You did, in your documentary, it's a... It's not like hours long or anything. I don't know how long a regular it's documentary 25 is. 25 minutes. 25 minutes. But you did kind of catch like a hu- the human feel of that, right? Like, Well, that's, that's how... Um, so that's how basically, you know, uh, before when we were talking about, we didn't know how the, the, the project was going to go. Uh-huh. Like, oh, we're going to do this like uh, a timeline look of like a timeline of events. But the more and more we started, when I was reading the script, uh, that Austin wrote, I really kind of started putting that director hat on to be like, you know what? This doesn't feel like a timeline documentary. This feels like a drama. This mm-hmm. feels like a buildup of of something that we can express more than just um, just facts and mm-hmm. timeline and things like that. I wanted to bring out what you felt emotionally, like, mm-hmm. fuck that. That shit is scary as hell. And the thing is, is that that's what you want to bring out in a documentary. Otherwise, you're just looking at a fucking training video. Yeah, the facts thing that we were talking about earlier, like that's just so boring to me. I can read an article about it or whatever, but to see their faces and stuff, ugh. Right. That's what, when you were talking earlier, that's what I thought. They're so smart, but when are you human up there? Yeah, and I think actually, like, uh, of, so astronauts, I mean, they're people, right? So they're all, there's all different kinds. Typically, they're a lot more scientific, closed off, very very calculated. They t- they do what's called media training, so that they know what to say and what not to say. Mm-hmm. Like they they are always kind of like on, like the, like like what you guys said. They're always working, but these two guys are sort of well known for being so personable, for being open, for like you know for liking to talk and and being friendly, like. 
we we met with Cassidy one time um, just to see if he would even be interested in this project. And Luca was also there. It was just like a small meeting to see if they would want to do it. And they hadn't seen each other in a while. And they were incredibly candid. And it was awesome to see because it instantly... And, and then, you know, they know that we're there, but... You know, they're like they're cussing, they're telling jokes, they're telling their stories, mm-hmm. like what's up, and they're letting us be a part of that. And then so, and then, you know, we we talked about ourselves, we got to know each other, and then later, I think the first time we shot with Cassidy was maybe like three or four months later, mm-hmm. and he remembered like like stuff that we offhandedly mentioned, like that right. Phil that Phil worked the Super Bowl, like or like. uh yeah, I, like that's 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 probably the best example. Mm-hmm. And but, would even joke about it too. Just yeah, like, and so like know. like we like we're we're fortunate that, I mean it's unfortunate that this happened, but we're fortunate that we get to tell a story with two people who are like very human, who are very open and very personable, and like want to t- like want to talk to you about it. Is anybody that was from the because when people watch it they'll see that the mission control was real chill about it. And I was like, fucking, I kept thinking when I was watching it, like, go in the space shuttle thing. Go in the room that you're supposed to get in, like, get safe. And they were just like, okay, stand by. Just keep us abreast of the situation. What the fuck? That's what makes it fucked up. Well, you don't know. I guess I I didn't know that until the end when he was talking about it. I just kept thinking, just go back in. Just go back in. Like, how hard could it be? But I guess it's big or whatever. Right. And they go in opposite directions and blah, 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 blah. Oh, it's so much. Um, are, is anybody from Mission Control going to be there? Yeah. I, I'm, oh, pretty, yeah. I'm pretty sure. They're, they're going to answer also, for what they did. <laughs> <laughs> no, they... Um, I don't want to shit on Mission Control. Like, in, like Shit on like them. Everyone, they're not listening. Everyone everyone in that scenario was, was doing their job, except they were letting um, an unknown problem kind of be looked over. Okay? Yeah. But if if you think about it, like there's a saying that like an a- in orbit, an astronaut's time does not belong to him or her. It belongs to the American, like every American. Mm-hmm. So like every moment that they do something up there, it's it's like we're paying for it, right? So they need to do exactly what they're told. They have free time. Like that's that's why that some of them make music videos and some of them play with M and M's and yeah, shit. Like. Well, they're like soldiers. Like they're they have a duty. Right. Exactly. They get a command. Soldier scientists, they do. I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, so, space soldiers. And the reason he is not like I'm just going to go back in, is because he has like thousands of people, literally like employees, like that have something to do with his every move. Yeah. And the thing is, you have to have a damn good reason to abort that mission. Yeah. And the thing is, is that <sighs> people... Because it's expensive. And, it, and, and the situation, it was so uncommon. And also, at the same time, is that as, as weird as it is to see the the dichotomy of, of the perspective of that particular mission, um, what's crazy about it is that that's probably what actually saved his life. To wait? To be nonchalant about it. That's probably what saved his life. Because the thing is, if you think about any kind of stuff where you're on a radio, ham radio or whatever, walkie-talkie, say if you're in combat or police or whatever, and there's shots fired, very rarely do you hear them screaming, oh, shots fired, we need more people. So when, when, when dispatch hears that, what's going to happen? They panic. When they mm-hmm. panic, you, can't, you don't think straight. So for the fact that 
not only are they badasses and they came from military background, they was already programmed their mind that when things go wrong, you either try to fix it on your own or when you communicate it, you do it as calmly as possible. And the thing is, if he would have been screaming like, there's water in the back of my head, I can't breathe, I can't see anything. Mm -hmm. Well, the people downstairs, down on earth, they didn't know about this anomaly. They don't know, there was no, like Cassidy even said it, he was like, there was no uh, troubleshooting thing like that in their textbook about mm -hmm. that part of a troubleshoot, like what would happen if water's in your, in your suit. Mm -hmm. and, and on top of that, if you think about um, the way the suit is formed, I mean, your hands, your, your, your whole entire body is engulfed in this suit. You just can't wipe your face. If you get an itch, that you can't crazy. just scratch it. So with this water just building up and all you have is just your mouth and your neck to move around and your hands are free and you're trying to hold on and you're in space, I mean, you got to be fucking badass to be calm enough to be like, mm -hmm. uh, I feel some water in the back of my head, but it's just a nuisance. It's no big deal. It's like, whoa, really? And he didn't. And what, what it's funny, like, you're like, why didn't he just go back in? Like, he didn't want to go back. He in. didn't want to. He wanted to. He like, he's like, fuck, this sucks. Like, I hope that I hope this isn't a big deal because I want to stay. Like, I want to do what I'm supposed to do. I want to work. Now, these little EVA missions outside of their stuff. How often do they do those? All the time. Mainly when they need to repair something. But what's all the time? Add mean? a module. What do they do? Like, if not weekly, probably yeah. weekly, maybe or maybe not that often. Monthly or maybe something? monthly, something. Like yeah, that. it it depends, right? Like, when, whenever they needed to repair the Hubble Space Telescope, they spent like several days in a row right. outside working on it. In a row. Well, like like they would go back in, okay. and rest, and then they would go back out, like. And, yeah. they, and these EVAs, they're they're like eight, ten hours long. Yeah, that like, is what's nuts. Yeah, to it's me. not like a twenty minute deal. You get up on yeah. a ladder. It's, it's the same people outside for eight to ten hours. Yes, yeah. in that it's suit. A full day How of exhausting! Work. Yeah, in that suit. Absolutely. Do you ever just want to like? You can't just like lay back and relax for a second. No, uh -uh. there's no smoke break. Remember, you're falling. So that Jesus feeling is Christ. There. Oh my god, I'm gonna throw so, up again. So when they sleep, actually, they're like they're strapped in. So they're that I guess in. that's kind of like your relaxation i guess like knowing that you're being held down or maybe hey the gravity blankets are like smothering yeah. and stuff maybe that's where we got the idea hey, it's like you know maybe it's your own like relaxation bondage uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> just go to space to get smothered phil have you ever been smothered oh yeah oh smothered. yeah oh yeah yeah it's, it's kind of tough especially when you have asthma it's like right. <laughs> oh no I don't get know your, if I'm get a, your inhale, like, hey, hey, can you get up? Just let me just hit my inhaler. Okay, <laughs> gotta, okay, back, 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 down. Back, back, back. <laughs> Oh god, that sounds. So, she's like, can you breathe? He's like, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, keep going. That's edging for real. Yeah. Is that what edging is? Anyway, that's not about space. Um, oh my god, it's the edge. It's to the edge. Yeah. Maybe that makes people more horny up there. Probably. What about the astronaut that rode in the diaper? Did people ever talk about her over there? Yeah, that's like, it's super infamous. Yeah, because it happened right across the street. No. Oh, yeah. Where did it happen at? The lady who ran her. over her husband happened across the street. Yeah. That was something different. That was the. She wasn't an astronaut or anything, right? No. No. That was oh. some doctor or something. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about the one where she drove from Houston all the way to Florida. She drove from Houston to or Florida. Somewhere okay. Like yeah, that. And, she, and she wore a diaper, uh, a diaper so, so she didn't have to stop. Right. Which, like, you know, it's still stupid. You don't want to 
Yeah, I mean, it's still it, sitting in but it. But that, I mean, you're you're crazy, but you also like, you know, like you you're you you're trained. She's dedicated you to have her the mission. Training, yeah. yeah, and you can work it's that. Pretty long. good. She was a female astronaut. Yeah. Wow. I wonder if they're crazy. Well, we're gonna talk to that. Well, she might not be there. They're hey, great. my Sunday school teacher growing up, she was an astronaut. Oh, that's she was totally normal. What's her name? Shannon Lucid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I told you that before. She, um, I think she was at the event last week. That's right. I think, yeah, I think so. When they, yeah, they had all those. They, they had, had the, the, three. the shuttle, the shuttle commanders. Yeah. yeah. She was an astronaut. She was my Sunday school teacher. What, like, I guess the early nineties. And she had an unfortunate haircut. I don't know if it's any better, but I like even remember that it was kind of mullety back then. But that was in the permed <laughs> mullet. But I just, I always got that like she was a serious woman, not like a frilly woman. Yeah, most of them are. They're they're yeah. very, um, like people call them cold, but they're she, not. They're just. They're I mean, just, she was Sunday schooling children, yeah. so she was playing with us. Yeah, they're yeah. they're just. They're professional. Most of them are scientists. Uh-huh. Some of them come from the military. But like um, Kate Rubens, for example, like, mm-hmm. you know, like if you kind of like try to joke with her and stuff at first, she's like straight face. And she's like, what are we doing here? And she's the one that had to go uh, uh, hang out with Trump and do the call Ugh. to the ISS. And like, um, I like you, I don't know, in my opinion, when I watched that clip, I I. I can just see, like, I do not want to fucking be Trump here. spoke to astronauts in the space station? Yeah. Wow. Can you yeah. even imagine what he said? No. no I, oh, my God. Can here's, you one, here's another thing. Remember, we found um, there's a video. Oh, of, the clip, yeah. Yeah, there's a clip of um, a bunch of them, like, hanging out with Trump in the White House. He's signing a, the budget or something like that. And Chris Cassidy, the guy, the American astronaut that's in our documentary, and the guy who's like such a, a great guy, he has to uh, present Trump with a, a NASA flight jacket. As you know, a kid, yeah, because he's his boss, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he had to give this to him. And again, this is just my opinion, but when I watch the clip, I just see this like, like dead fuck this shit. Like this is the worst part of my job. Ooh, in my opinion, I yeah. mean, maybe I'm not saying that he's ever said that because he hasn't mm-hmm. to me. Um, but yeah, we could ask him that too. Like, hey, ma'am, uh, what was that? Like, what was that? Up, what was up with Trump? What's he? Like, how <laughs> just much, say that to him. How much did that suck? Hey, man, what's up with Trump? Huh? Like, like just what, at the urinal next like, to him. You as a scientist, like, <laughs> and a badass who's like left the planet and come back several times. Dude, like, what do you think about this? person when you interacted with him describe him you know honestly i think if you do stuff like go up into space right and you're a badass first of all you're a navy seal you've seen some shit you've gone through some shit and then you go out of this world literally like do you honestly really give a fuck about what anybody really thinks at that point like all right, I'm here to do this this deal. I'm going to do it, but whether or not whether or not I think that Trump or whoever is a prick or a nice guy, it's like I don't give a fuck. You mean because pop- I can just murder everybody in this fucking room and go home? 
silently. Like, <laughs> like five seconds later, he's the only one walking out of the Oval Office. Like, I don't know what happened, guys. And they turn around. And he's like fucking Kaiser Sose and shit. Jesus. You know what I'm saying? May, I mean, I guess that depends on how much like soft human versus hard scientist is in there. Does he give a shit, or does he want to kill Trump out of like anger, or is he like sad? Does he like I mean, cry so, about so that? Some of them, I'm, I can't speak for Cassidy, but some of them are very political. Yeah, and they're very vocal about it. Interesting, because they work for the government that they're allowed well, to be. Well, no, but it's it's when they retire. Oh yeah, and some of them retire young, like um, Scott Kelly. Uh, so there's an astronaut, Scott Kelly, and he has mm-hmm. a twin brother, Mark Kelly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scott Kelly spent a year on the space station, straight. So he was up there, like a whole a whole year of his life was spent in like one small facility. Mm-hmm. His twin brother stayed on Earth and did similar activities so that when Scott came back, they could, they could compare them. Mm-hmm. Mark Kelly, the guy that stayed on the ground, but he has flown before, his wife is, what's her name? Uh, Gabby Gabrielle. Gifford. Gab- yeah. Yeah, Gabby Gifford. Yeah. They will not stop calling me asking for donations. Who, as you your listeners probably know, was shot, attacked and shot at a, at a rally. And so Mark Kelly is very vocal on Twitter about everything he thinks is like wrong with the American mm-hmm. political system. So some of them are like that. But most of them, like if they're not retired yet, um, are like they, they have to present yeah. that, that public face, that media training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, listen, the Gabby Gifford thing, did they call y'all? Why do they call me? I get a fucking phone call every did you, week. Did you like donate at some point? I'm sure I'm on some list for something no, that I've done. That's probably what it was, yeah. So they call all the time and I'm like, no, I can't donate this time. I donate to local organizations. I'm sorry. They're like, that's fine. That's fine. Did you know that every eight minutes a child dies from a gunshot wound? And I'm like, yeah. I didn't know that, but I just can't afford it. <laughs> and they'll be like, okay, that's fine. But what we really need is your help turning things around and blah, 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 blah. They guilt you into it. Wow. And then they're like, right. can you just help us with like an easy donation of $100? Easy. Like $100? <laughs> I'll give you $5. And, and I fucking start, do it every time. they start playing that Sarah McLaughlin song. It's, that's what they're doing with their words, Austin. Yeah. They're all, all of them are calling the Democratic coalition gabby gifford people all of it and they all are like stacy did you know that trump did this and like he's doing this to children when you try to get off the phone with them so you have to be like i have to go they're the new telemarketers yeah they're my liberal heart um so our time is up what'd you guys think about this it was cool yeah i enjoyed it do you wish that you had talked about anything else um I could go with more smothering, but you know. You, you do love we smothering. Can, we can talk about that later. Yeah. I wonder what that is. It's like a childhood thing of like not being held tight enough, maybe. Maybe. Because mm-hmm. it has to come from somewhere. Like all of your stuff comes from somewhere. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Hey, man. Hey, hey, hey. We're all stardust, man. That's true, I guess. I don't know what it has to do with your childhood, but like, sure. You said we all had to come from somewhere. Well, yeah, I mean like the weird or the abnormal or even the normal things that we do, it all comes from like something that happened to you, some way somebody looked at you. I listened to this. It's not about smothering, but it's about feet. So I like think I like foot stuff. 
I think it's like fun for me, but I read this article about like the guys that are into it. They, it all stems from like their fifth grade teacher or their babysitter had like a pretty pedicure that they noticed when they were a kid. And now they suck on toes and they tie it back to that. That's amazing. I don't have any sex act that I'm into that I like tie back to like accidentally seeing my dad's dick. Like, okay, (laughs) just staring at me for (laughs) what is it? It's amazing. I want to know what it is. All of them. I want to know what smothering is. I want to know what spanking or tying up is. Like, why? Why do I love huge tits? What? Where did it come from? I don't know. Does your mom have huge tits? No. Huh. Pretty normal. I don't know. Maybe when you were a kid, you thought they were huge? Maybe my babysitter had big tits. Maybe. But you don't yeah. remember it. That's what I'm interested yeah. in. That's what I'm saying. I don't Is that your favorite? That's the one that comes to mind the most? That's your favorite thing about women? No. Okay. I don't, that's just, you were so quick with it. Like, why do I like huge tits? Well, that's, I thought yeah, maybe well, that was your the, favorite. That's the, uh, the gateway. That's the, tits that's, the his, that's his first gateway. Like. Mine is like mine is like ass and legs, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's like that's the start, but also at the same time, it's like, oh yeah, of course the titties, you know, or you know, a, a flat stomach or nice feet that don't have hammer time, you know what I mean? It's like you kind of look at all that, I think and then you start looking like at stuff like neck, the neck, yeah, like collar the bones. ears. You know, that's more advanced, yeah. right? That's sexuality so. one hundred and two or something. You know, I know advanced, but like you, you learn to like also pay attention to that. Yeah, yeah. like I like I like I love eyebrows. Like that that's the thing that I always go to. There you go. Oh, okay, interesting. I know, I know and, girls, and you have great eyebrows. Thank you. They're drawn on. They're fake. Yeah, but thank cool, you. But they look good. Um, good shape. Thank you so much. Oh my god, this is happening. <laughs> what electric chemistry we have. Um, I. I think that like tits and ass, we know that's like sexy. Ooh, look at that. Like right. the shape of a woman. Yeah. But when you start talking about like her collarbone or something, right. women always talk about that because y'all don't have to be hot. I personally don't like a hot guy. Mm. Like that doesn't interest me. You're like six, fuck it, six pack ab. Who cares? Um, but they like the weird noses, the eyebrows, like the teeth or something right. like that. Women always have talked about that, like how it's much more interesting to them. But also with the tits and ass is not just like um, a certain shape of it. It's mm-hmm. like sometimes I like a big juicy ass. Sometimes I like a nice little, you know, tight, athletic type booty. You know what I'm saying? Oh, or sometimes yeah. I like a big, big double D's. And then sometimes if the A's are nice and perky with the nice little, hey, I like that too. I love small boobs. You know, it's like, what's wrong with that? You know? Yeah. Nothing. Shit. Ain't nothing wrong with it. I think it's, it's I think it's how that person identifies with themselves on a confidence level and if they know how to mm-hmm. make it sexy. You you have to make it sexy. I mean, there's people who have knockout bodies or whatever, but if their mind is not there to even make it sexy, it's like you know better than some unattractive person, you know, that you that you might see, you know. So it's like I yeah. think it's how you is how cuz we're all made different. It's like you know, I can't. I can. I can never be Austin's size. You know, he's he's taller than me, but he's lanky. He has that certain build. I'm more short and stocky, but also at the same time, it's like I can't look at that and be like, oh, that's a symbol of 
what girls like or what whoever likes as sexy. It's like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna rock I'm gonna rock what I got. Well, I'm gonna do how I look, and that's gonna be sexy, and that's gonna be the attractiveness of it. So it's like. Just basically, just be comfortable in your own skin, and that's what. But makes you it know sexy. that you were told different things growing up than I was. Oh hell yeah! Um, yeah, of course. the confidence thing is we, women struggle with. I would say more in different ways, like physically. Right. Um, but now we know that it's like, hey, rock what you got. So, yeah, but it's so weird though because I would think that I thought the opposite because as a guy it's so hard right it's like we work 10 times harder to get some where i see like there's women who could just go walk down the street to get the mail mm-hmm. and if they if they're not being looked at by somebody they're getting approached hey hey mom hey let me talk to you for a minute i'm like well shit if i would walk down to the mailbox and i have Girls driving by, honking their horn and say, hey, can I get a piece of your... I'd be like, shit, i come back in the house like, fuck, I got this shit. You would feel good? You I would feel, feel good, but, 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 but women, a lot of times, they feel scared or insecure or intimidated, yes. but then you start thinking about, well, the perspective. Like, here I am full of testosterone. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if a group of girls come out of a fucking astral van and throw me in there and they fucking sit on my face and <laughs> suck my fucking dick and... And eat my ass until I just like, oh, what's going on? It's like, I can really just knock all these bitches out and go the fuck out of my way. A girl, if a, a bunch of dudes come out there and gang rape her, that's fucking scary. That's fucking... Yeah. So the perspective of it also draws those different insecurities as well. No, even the way you described it, the, what they were doing to you sounded hot. Like, sit on your face, eat your ass, suck your dick. The girl gets gang raped. Like, oh, God. It's a lot scarier. It is. Um, it is. Listen, yeah, it is scary. I, I was going to go in the direction of like the confidence thing. We do have more confidence than ever. We have like this word body positivity and stuff like that. But like that feels like a lot of pressure too to be like so confident and sexy all the time. Like, fuck, man, sometimes you just want to be a monster. Well, I think it's also kind of saying like quit fucking thinking about it so goddamn much and just live Maybe. your life. Yeah. Like quit trying to all, not quit looking at yourself in the mirror five seconds more than you need to. Bam, you look good. Just keep it moving. Do you take nudes of yourself? No, but oh, I do look should. at myself. It's like great for confidence building. It's like oh, yeah. just a folder, just for you. Nudes used to be for other people. You just take them for yourself now. Yeah, and they like make you feel good about everything. I'm sure you take nudes, Austin. Yeah, you are sure I take nudes. I've seen them. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them. I think a lot of people have. Yeah. You're a very sexual person. Does it ever go against you? Does it ever? I know we got to like wrap up, but like my sexuality, because I'm a very sexual person too. You don't know mm-hmm. this about me, Phil. Um, but sometimes people use it against me. Do they ever use it against you? I don't know. Man, that's so I don't nice. think so. That's nice. You can be like a slut and do whatever you want. And people are just like, yeah. Look at how evolved he is. Yeah. And me, they're like, but you're, are you but clean? You're the girl. You're the girl, right? You have this standard. Oh, right? yeah. There's a lot of that. I, I struggle with so much of that. I do talk about dick a lot, though. Mm. Um, and I'll lie about things. Like, um, I'll maybe make it sound like more desperate than it is. But to me, that's funny. Yeah. That's always going to be my thing. Hey, we have to go. Okay. Um, where can people find your film? So, like we said, it's going to premiere on Saturday, July 14th at Space Center Houston, uh, which if you haven't been down there in a while, you should really go. It's super cool. It's just like a, it's, it's, not, it's not an amusement park anymore. Now it's a museum and a science center. It's badass. Anyway, 
after that, it will run there um, on rotation. Like, you can just go and watch it at Space Center Houston uh, for a year. And then we're trying to get it out more and more. NASA TV is going to air it. So when they do that, then it will be on the Internet for free for everyone to watch also. Okay. What do you guys want people to find y'all like your business or anything like do you have anything else to promote um yeah i mean it, our company is called space city films yeah. we have like work on there uh, we do video production for <coughs> this industry we also do oil and gas we do medical we do like do you guys want like fly honeys to find your instagrams or anything mm, i don't i i died on instagram remember i'm still going on instagram you can get me at uh phil the editor Phil the editor. All one word. P H I L T H E E D I T O R. You did it. With that at in the front. And with that at in the front. With that at in the front. You know how it is, ladies. Put that at in the front. Um, thank you guys for being on my Thanks first solo mission, if you will. So you do you great. Know? I think you did really good. I do wish Oha was here just because I always wish Oha was here. Me too. But Shout out. You Shout out to Oha. You did it. Um, out thanks. of this world. Thanks. After this, we're going to fuck and we're going to practice space, space sex. Same yeah. sex. Get it? Um, uh, thanks, guys, for listening. If you could rate and review us, that would be so great. It feels like not a lot of you are, and that feels like a personal attack. Um, reach out to Oha. Check on her. A lot of people have reached out to me, which is really nice, but Oha has said nobody has. Um, we love you, Mockingbird. Thank you so much. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Austin. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye. Hello, Hello. 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 Hello.